1: everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I am your host as always and I'm joined this week to discuss the hammering of Hamilton by two of my favourite podders, first of all the splendid Mr Adam Thornton. Hello David, how are you doing? And the terrific Mr James Tessier. Greetings all. So, uh, we had said on here for a while, somebody's due a doing offers. And sometimes that can be a little bit of wish fulfilment. Because the results haven't been going well or you've been missing chances and there's a, a sense of frustration, but you cling to it will be all right on the night at some point. I didn't feel when we've been saying this the last few weeks that that was the case. I think there was just a genuine feeling of our attack is, is doing OK um, because we're getting, getting by, but we know they're capable of more. But there has been some lovely flashes of play, even during a spell where I think we would all agree that they weren't firing in all cylinders. And Adam, at the weekend, the circumstances did seem set up for this. Hamilton, who um, had won the last time at Ibrox, let's not forget. But you know, generally speaking, have a, a, a patchy record at Ibrox. They hadn't played in three weeks. And Rangers were angry after Thursday night, came out the traps, three goals up inside 20 minutes and never let up from there on in. That's a shame it had to be Hamilton, isn't it? I'm sure there's yeah. other teams that we could have uh, given a doing to that would
0: have uh, deserved it more. I quite like Hamilton, but yeah, um, I think we know that. I think we we praise Brian Rice for his approach. Sometimes he is quite expansive, he does like to play, but if we're being honest, there are a lot of gaps in the Hamilton defence. We, we scored a lot of goals against them. Um, more so away I would say over the last couple of years but um, yeah it was all set up the, the top team in the league in terms of the table against the bottom team in the league they have conceded a, a large number of goals so far and they did go on to concede them in this game as well I, I was um, it's a strange one isn't it David I was just probably thinking off the back of Benfica let's just kill the game early doors and, and focus on uh, the international break make sure everybody goes away and comes back more importantly uh, safely um, let's get a couple of goals up as early as we can, and um, basically just preserve what we've got. I was not expecting the the onslaught that would ensue after the first goal.
1: I wondered, Tess, if the manager might say to them, "Go out there and the second half, and you know, knock yourselves out." Because he, as he mentioned, he took off the guys who've got big international games, or in the case of Stephen Davis, you know, it wasn't even in the matchday squad. Uh, he, he got a So the guys that were playing in the second half, mainly, were not going away to international football or if they were, they were going away to friendlies or whatever. And I think he did just send them out and say, empty it. You've got two weeks. Go out there and don't come off the gas. And at one point, I mean, it was 8-0 with 20 minutes to go. We've hit the post and missed a, a really good chance uh, for Taft to get his hat-trick during that spell as well. The they didn't seem in the mood to relax and think, ah, you know, it's, it's four, it's five, it's it. They didn't do that at all.
2: That's exactly what you want to see. It's not, you know, the game isn't finished until the referee blows that final whistle. Um, it's, I, I doubt it will come down to goal difference this season. I, I, I think that we'll, we'll have enough points in the bag uh, when, when it comes to May. But, you know, there's every there's every chance it will. Who's to know? So, you you know, you've got to keep, You've got to keep the the boot on the metaphorical throat, so to speak. You've got to keep grinding the opposition down because, you know, all all the goals are are essential. Also, the players who are scoring these goals, they're going to pick up confidence from it. Winning breeds winning. You know, good form breeds good form. So whilst the game was well and clearly, well and truly won at half time, you know, we we ain't letting a 4-0 lead at slip. No chance. You know, we went going to one at half-time. The players that is brought on, one, it's their chance for them to go out and impress. Two, I think it's going back to what I've said in previous weeks about every single player in that squad knows their job. They know their role. They sort into a position. They know exactly what they've got to do and it's just a case of them doing it. And three, the players aren't switching off. You know, on, on Thursday night, the players switched off collectively Um Keeping it going until the final minute, especially in in a game like yesterdays, that just shows that the players are switched on again that you know they, they, they cannot have any moments of mental weakness, no matter who we're playing, no matter what the circumstances are they 've got to keep switched on they 've got to keep going right until the final whistle, and that we were able to do that yesterday it's you know that that, that the, the result was fantastic don't get me wrong. But it's the fact that right up until the very last of the game, we were still going for them. That's what I get the most satisfaction from.
1: And um, being fortunate enough to to be at the games to cover them for Heart and Hand yesterday, you can hear the shouts obviously from the, the players and the manager uh, quite clearly. And yesterday there was a moment; it was seven nil at the time, and the ball went out for a throw near Stephen Gerrard, and he ran to get it, got it. Um, And then a Rangers player was ambling over to take the throw and he shouted at him to hurry up at 7-0. So, clearly, he wasn't up for, let's just let this one drizzle out. He he wasn't up for that at all. And that attitude, I think, was prevalent throughout the squad yesterday. Adam, I know that in the past, for matches especially like this, that you've been a little bit frustrated by the midfield selections. And I know that, that you've felt recently for want of a better term the manager has had the confidence in the side to take the handbrake off a little
0: yeah i think the first the first confirmation of that was the celtic game for me um we know jack davis kamara we know what it can do and and with all respect we know what it can't do um it's very very good in those those games like benfica on thursday night where we want to stay compact um, as possible we're not going to get much in the way of attacking intent from it or certainly that was the way it was last season um, so that was that was what we expected I think going into that, that Celtic game that we would possibly revert back to that despite how well we've been doing in the middle of the park and David as you, as you mentioned I do like a moan about it um, I haven't had any case to moan at all this year so far in the 20 games which has been excellent I think other than possibly the Livingston game where I, I felt that we were a wee bit too passive in there with both Jack and Kamara I think we have adopted a a pretty accurate horses for courses in every single one of these games in the midfield. But that is the part that I'm I'm most pleased about. It would have been easy to go to Parkhead and play Davis, Jack and Kamara in there and and try and adopt the tactics that we've done before. But we didn't. We we showed faith in that. what was at the time Davis, Kamara and Arfield being the, the most successful midfield of... Um, certainly the early part of the season Um, but then he went one better at at Comarnock and he went with Jack sitting deep in the rebound Arfield field as as the two number eights, box to box whatever you want to call them Um, and that was such a huge shift I didn't expect to see that from from what we'd seen last year or the year before, we know the manager and the management team are are naturally quite cautious and they'll prefer that sitting deep midfield to um, counter for our two fullbacks so we know they like that balance but that game against Kilmarnock, the first 25 minutes, I thought we were tremendous, middle to the front, in terms of the way that we re- recycled possession, the rotation and movement was fantastic. Um, and that just carried on into Sunday's game. David, I thought that midfield three was just exactly what we need to do in these type of games. Um, most of the home games, probably a good chunk of the away games as well, there is no reason for us to play two holding midfielders, let alone three. Um, we have one there who can form a triangle with the centre-backs and, and that's the base that we play from. We essentially played a 3-7 yesterday. We had seven attackers attacking at will, changing positions, constantly moving and Hamilton just had no answer for it. We ripped them to shreds with our
1: movement on and off the ball, which was the really, really pleasing part of that for me. Tess, you knew if they are a bit about Kamaru, if being a fan of a, an English Championship side in Derby, so you'd seen a bit more of them than than the rest of us. Um his movement is different level to the vast majority of players in the SPFL. And as Adam says there, it's movement that's killing these teams because he plays in a slightly different position from anyone else that we have. And what he does, a lot of his work, apart from the fact that he obviously scores goals, which is is terrific and is a good player, but the space he creates for other people, because teams can't just do that thing they they used to be able to do against us, which is just sit in their banks and say, "Okay, break us down, because he's playing in little pockets of space and taking defenders into little pockets of space. Now, it's all part of a jigsaw because you then need guys like Aribo who are in our field, who are making the runs and are intelligent enough to use the space and link up with the fullbacks. But they are. And the difference is, I think, there for all to see.
2: I like to think that um that we've signed Kumar Roof. it is more through design than accident is in his his attributes perfectly fill a gap that we needed filling. Um he's been scouted to perform that particular role. We obviously we brought him in. Uh the fact that he has got sort of movement against the shall we say, the lesser teams in the in the um SPFL. That's going to be needed because, not not so much Hamilton, but certainly teams that are going to set up and, you know, they've got, they're going to park the bus. You know, you really got to work to break them down. You are going to need that kind of movement to drag people out of place for the space to be supported by Euribos, by Scotty Arfields. Jermaine Defoe's another one who does this. Not so much with his movement, but the fact that he's there. You know, he's he's always going to be watched by one, two defenders. So he doesn't even have to move and he's going to draw people away. But Roof, his movement is fantastic. He finds the positions and more to the point, it's what he does when he's got the ball. He's not just there to divert people away. When he gets it, he has got an end product. I mean, he showed that with that header yesterday, he had no right to be scoring from there. You know, he had no right to winning the header and scoring the goal, but he did. You know, the guy can do the business. So I think that, oh, I'd say, he was identified as a player who did have a certain set of skill set that we were lacking, now we've brought him in. I don't think he's the final piece in the jigsaw because I think there's a lot of other things that have fitted that have started to come together nicely this season as well. But I do find it very encouraging that we, when we went out and signed him in the summer, he was identified as somebody who could bring some new things to the table, which means that we aren't just looking to replace like for like. We are looking at new options and... Oh, I'd say, in games against the lesser teams of the SPFL, his movement and his ability to create space and draw defenders away, you know, it's, it's going to be absolutely crucial.
0: Do you know the thing I, I like about him, David? Sorry, just, just on Ruth. The thing I like about Ruth is how decisive he is and, and how clinical he is. And I don't mean that in terms of just putting the ball in the back of the net. I mean, in terms of his his movement, everything is premeditated. Every touch he takes is with a, a plan in mind. We've got a lot of players um, who thrive on on chaos and that could be creating chaos of their own like Morelos and Arriba or maybe taking advantage of it in, in the way that Kent does but there is still an argument for those players that they should, they should contribute more than they do in terms of consistent output um, in terms of goals and assists. Morelos we all know we all love him but he's just as likely to miss as many chances as he is to score. Um, you don't really get that with Roof. It feels like everything that falls to him, he he puts away, or he makes a great pass, and it's all premeditated. He's got that calmness in that final third that I think we badly lacked last year.
1: I would totally agree with that. And again, you can just tell sometimes when a guy you know comes to Scottish football and and they look like what you expected, <laughs> you know, a higher level footballer because he played at... at at, uh, at top clubs before and, and you can see in his case that he, he carries himself in that way and I thought that uh, I love a striker by the way who's following in just love that anyway for, for the second goal or a right back um, as happened for the eighth goal yesterday but I also love uh, guys who can time jumps because you don't have to be the biggest guy in the world to be good in the air um, you just need to be able to, to time your jump and, and you know, know when to go for it and what to do and how to get in front and time your run. And his goal I thought it it'll be underrated because it was some crackers yesterday. But that one was an absolute peach in my opinion. A great strikers goal. From a great ball in, Adam, from the uh the the man of the match that was awarded yesterday and, and I think most people although there were several candidates would, would probably tend to agree who's in sensational form you of course have been the president of the James Tavernier fan club for I believe this is the sixth successive year yes. that you have taken the office so he's playing right now with a verve and confidence uh that you know he's, he's had spells of amazing form in the past Let, let's not kid ourselves but this is
0: it seems to be another level I think I was the only member of the fan club for about two and a half years as well. To be honest, but yes, uh, it's been a it's been a long slog. I think I think you're right. I think we're we're seeing that now. It's the the confidence. Um, it was always one of those players that I pegged um, as a player who was capable of doing so much better in a better team. Um, and I think we see that. I think we now see um, him at his peak. Um, last season, I, I didn't think he was as good as he was the the year before. Um, but I think he's come back I would agree with that, yeah He's come back firing And, and things last year you can say Defensive mistakes, etc, absolutely But I just felt in terms of output And in terms of contribution He was still involved um, Making the most passes, the most crosses, etc But the quality had dipped or, or the the end product of it had dipped So he was still crucial to the way that we played But it was more around the discussion was starting to lend itself to, okay, well, is Barisic now more involved? And, and that's how we're we're balancing things out. Therefore, he is more involved. I think you see this year that that is the case. Um, we build a hell of a lot of our play down that left-hand side through Barisic and Kent and, and now Aribo and Kamara and whoever else is there. A, a hell of a lot of our play. And what that does is that leaves space on that right-hand side now. Um, for Tavernier and he's taken advantage of it I think there was, was it the game Galatasaray or Livingston uh, in particular um, you see the kind of average locations after the game and he's all out on his own on that right hand side with one defender and maybe another opposition midfielder covering so he's got a lot more space now because of the threats that we've got most teams are going to see Barisic and Kent on that side of the park and think God we need to deal with that Um it's just there's just so many options and he's now not bearing that burden himself and Morelos were, were carrying the carrying the can for large parts of both the first two seasons if you like so he's now seeing that split in terms of responsibility on the pitch and he's able just I think to just get on with his game which when it boils down to it is just being a very good footballer in, in the attacking sense.
1: Plus Tess I think that we'd all spoken about Ryan Kent had you know he's, he's always involved and he never hides and he's always trying to get on the end of stuff. But I think we all felt for him a wee bit when he hit the post on Thursday night because you could see uh, that there was a guy who was desperate for something one to go in. Jermaine Defoe puts that absolutely sexy reverse pass through to him yesterday. He hails off, knows what he's doing, picks out a great run from Arfield. It's one nil, and then we got Ryan Kent rampaging the way that we know he can do.
2: The thing with Ken, like you rightly say, is that he doesn't hide, and that for me is encouraging because when he does go through dips in form, he knows that him and only him can get himself out of it. You know, if he was withdrawn into himself, it'd need maybe a bit of coaxing or maybe some magical top him to come alive again. But because he's always there, because he's always trying, it only takes one thing to come off for him, and then he's back on form. And yesterday, I think we saw that perfectly. He's put that ball in for our field. He's got an assist after having been quiet for the past five to six weeks, and then that's it. His confidence is straight back. He's he's right back in the game, and he's. he's I mean, every, every player gave Hamilton a torrid time yesterday, but Ryan Kent was tearing them into a saw every every time I got the chance, and that, that I think that that that's one of the things that's a real testament to his character in that. You know, he he knew that only he, he could get himself out of this rut, and and I think we all knew and were rooting for him just for that one little thing to go right. You know, if if he would have scored the goal against Benfica on Thursday, that would have been the thing to give him his his mm. mojo, back, so to speak, as it was it, it was the assist yesterday, and I think the only shame is that we've got to wait two weeks to see him back in action because now he's got that spring in his step. Now you know all his effort is paying off again, and he is he does have the end product. I just can't wait to see him in the next match.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing about Kent that I like a lot, Adam, is that he doesn't hide and he will always try and get the ball and make something happen. And sometimes maybe tries too hard. Um, I think we can we can see that that, that that sometimes he's maybe making decisions that he wouldn't win it. But when he's relaxed, when he he feels it, um, but he's a guy, who, he would never be out of my team purely because he will keep trying something and he's so good that something will come off. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got four players, I would say, um, that
0: I, not that I refuse to accept criticism of, but, but that I don't feel criticism is really, um, it's really warranted when, when the good so much so outweighs the bad. Uh, Tavernier is obviously one of them and, and that might be my opinion, previously rather than, than the fact that I think we see now. Kent's another one um, there as well. Going through those dips last year, he's not got an assist, he's not got that. The good that he does for the team, off the ball, out of possession. He, he didn't have the the greatest of games a couple of weeks ago against uh, against Livingston, but he wins the ball back for that first goal. Um, very, very unselfishly pressing the, the centre half. To, to win the ball back leads to the goal. Um, there's one of those moments in every game sometimes multiple on top of Mm -hmm. the the excellent start that he's had to the game so i I can't he's above criticism for me and that's something for me doesn't mean he's above criticism in in general but i just think until the good stops to massively outweigh the bad in that situation he's he's on my list of of must-haves and i think you see that with the manager um that's at 20 games now i don't have the exact stats to hand but certainly i think goldson has played every game i think Tav has played every game and Kent can't, can't be far off of it. I think he had one or two uh, in the early weeks of the season where he possibly got rested. But those three seem to be the only three in the team that he will refuse to rotate at this point. And we can debate the merits of that as we get into winter and whether we think they, they should be. But as far as the first 20 go, those are certainly the three that are, if they are fit and available, they're being picked. So I think they're now his, his top performers on the park.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of guys the you look at it and you think, I don't even really want them rested if they don't. Nope. For me, it's Goldson, Tav, Kent, and uh, you know the, the rest of the squad. I'm quite happy to change about rotate. I like to see Aribo in the team, but I get you know that, that there might be you can put Hadji and what etc. etc. But those three guys are for me. Uh, and although yesterday it didn't make much of a difference, Alan McGregor would probably be in that category as well. Test the. They they're the guys that I think are the the bedrock that we can build the rest of the side on.
2: Definitely. And we we also benefit from the fact that they're not overly burdened by um, international minutes as well. Um mm. this they, they seem to thrive on uh getting minutes under the belt. They don't don't pick up injuries. They don't seem to show fatigue. They're clearly modern professionals, you know. In terms of physique, where they look after themselves, the way they manage themselves. Oh, so they never get injured, you know. It's it's very it's it's good to know that whilst we have got options throughout the squad, and if those players did need to be replaced for any reason so be it, I think we'd cope okay. It is nice to know that we do have those, those foundations upon which we can build. We do keep that continuity going all the time and as, as senior players in the team, the rest are looking up to them. They are leading by example week in, week out and I think it's, it's very encouraging to see that we are getting, starting to get the strong characters in the squad emerge. I mean, one, one of the things that's been discussed, not just under Gerard, but, but before that as well, under Cassini and Murty that season, certainly, um, is the mental frailties. And, you know, now these leaders, now these warriors are starting to show themselves just at the right time as a team are starting to click and hit form. I just find that very encouraging.
1: That's an interesting point, Adam. Can you develop... Mental toughness and the way that you can develop other skills. I think that there's possibly a tendency within football to think that we can improve in certain areas, but there are some things that you either have or you don't. And that, that might very well be true. Um, you know, I think Ali McCoys, for example, born finisher, uh, you, I don't think you can learn that. But there are other attributes, maybe not just physical ones that, yeah, you can go in and train in a gym and, and be a bit stronger, a bit quicker, whatever. But I think through experience, if you channel it correctly, you can develop in abstract ways that we're seeing from this team because they just look different to last season. And it can't all just be about, well, we've signed some good players because when those players aren't there, the team are still performing at a level that they didn't look like they were consistently capable of previously.
0: Yeah, it's a bit too touchy feely and, and subjective that one for me. I think we need we need Martin or someone like that to be able to dig into the psyche. But yeah, I think they definitely can. Um, Martin on Martin, touchy feely. I know. Well, in terms of the the philosophy side of it, I would say or the the inside their heads. But um, I I think you can. I think there's maybe an argument that if if Tav wasn't going a game. Mental toughness from the four or five years preceding this one is he ever going to? Um, but I, I certainly think winning breeds confidence. This defensive record, David, I don't think we should underestimate both in terms of how incredible it is, but also in terms of that confidence it gives. And um, that they they will be thinking, um, Benfica aside and and Hibs aside, arguably, but they will be going into every game thinking we're not going to concede today. It's just not not happening. We've been round. A full a full run of fixtures. We've not conceded. We've done this. We've done that. I think that helps them in terms of the durability. They're not that concerned with it. They know what to do. They've been over the course there. Um, and then I think moving forward, it is more about um the patterns of play. We we mentioned the the manager mentioned after the Celtic game. We know how each other play. There's, there's no surprises here. We've constantly trained that we know what the rotations are we know what we need to do we just keep doing that and it'll come and I think each week brings more confidence maybe in that side rather than a mentality or a mentality switch it's just confidence we're seeing this better players coming in helps that as well because it becomes easier to do those things it becomes easier to have a little flick around the corner that Roof's going to read rather than maybe someone last year and a ball's trickling out of play and the crowd goes crazy. That's a similar factor, I think, that we obviously talk about quite a bit as well. That there is no negative criticism in game um, at the minute. So that again speaks to a, a mentality shift or maybe a, a lack of uh, maybe a lack of evidence on that one in terms of how we would react if there was a crowd there and things didn't go the way. We've also not really been behind very much in, in games. We've not been losing i think it was the hibs game i think that we we went one nil down the hibs game didn't we if memory serves me correctly that's the yeah. only point um certainly domestically that, that we've been back so we've not quite seen that comeback thursday night gave us a bit of heart in that sense that we managed to come back from a bit of a chasing in the first 15 minutes if we're, if we're being honest come back and produce the best performance of the season for that that middle hour of the game um but then again you see the old ways possibly slipping back in for those those last 15 minutes or so. So I think we're on the right path. It, it looks more controlled, um, which is a benefit. It looks like there's a lot less effort going in, which is when you know there's more effort going in on the training pitch, if that makes sense. Um, I think we're at 20 games so far this season. We got to 50, 54 last season, I think it was. I think so far this season we've played better in more games ...than we had in the entire of last season, and I know there's a there's a good 10 or 15 games in, in January to March, which we didn't play well in at all, but we were heralded last season by everybody on, on the pod, and, and everybody, for how well we were doing last season, however, we got great results, we had a great run, we did very, very well, League Cup aside, however... There was a lot of games that we were watching where we had to be on it 100% every single game to grind out those wins. And that was how good we were doing. We were grinding things out. We were playing well every other game, sure, scoring a, a good chunk of goals. But this year, it's just control. There is there is no none of that drama. We don't have to be on it. We're killing off games in the first 15, 20 minutes sometimes. And then we're enjoying ourselves like... Sunday against Hamilton, or work conserving energy as we did against Livingston, um, and you could probably argue Celtic, if we're being honest, um, so there's that part of it for me. We are playing well without having to try as hard, which I think is the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a maturity thing test as well, and I think that for me, Adam spot on. What worried me a little bit last season was Rangers. When we played well, you know, we were irresistible. But you aren't going to play like that every single week. Nobody plays at 100%. You know, Ari Gosaki famously said about his great Milan team, six times in three years did they hit top level because you need everything to go right, everybody to be on form, everybody to be 100% fit. Um, and it's just unrealistic to expect it to happen week in, week out. And I think even if you want something a wee bit closer to home, Liverpool last season... There were a lot of two ones in there when they maybe weren't at their best, but they picked up the three points. And I think Adam's right that for me, one of the encouraging things this season is that the kind of baseline performance is significantly better
2: than it's been in the past. Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of that comes down to everybody knowing their job. Um, The system that we've got in place now has got the players to fulfil that obviously on days like yesterday where the, the way the opposition set up combined with the fact that our, all our players are on their A game, the fluence is there, they're getting the look, they're getting the rub of the green, you know, that isn't going to happen every week. It's going to happen once, twice, three times a season, like you say. But when it does happen, oh my God, it's glorious to watch, isn't it? Mm. But um, on, on, a, on a weekly basis, the players know what they've got to do and they also know that if they go out there and do it, Nine times out of ten, they are going to get the victory. You know, they, I'm, I'm not going to say they don't have to try because that, that that's wrong, and it's also disrespectful to our opponents. But they know that if they go out there and perform the job and do the work that they've been instructed to do, they are going to get the result. You know, um, certainly for for the for the defensive players, <clears throat> that then gives the forward players the confidence to go forward, knowing that you know they're very very likely to concede goals. So it means they can go out and play their football. And it's just, again, it's something I I keep using the word encouraging, but everything that we're seeing so far this season, it's all encouraging to see. And it does look, for all intents and purposes, like this is what, for the past two, three years, two and a half years, this is what Gerard has been building towards. And now he's got the personnel, both on and off the pitch, to be able to put those ideas into practice and to get the results. I think, you know, I really do think this... When he first took over, I really did think this, what we're seeing now, was what he wanted. But obviously, it has taken us a while to reach that point.
1: Adam, we saw another introduction yesterday, another new player to give the manager more options: Bongani Zungu, the South African international, who uh, came on at half time, got the ball, started spraying it about like a a, a Pierlo visiting visiting Scotland in a drink afternoon. Um, you clearly see what he's about. It's hard to, to look too much into 45 minutes when your team is so on top. I think I could have got a game and, and Rangers would still have run it an 8-0 victory. But he did look impressive and a wee bit different to the guys that we have.
0: Definitely, yeah. You could see um, you could see him sitting there in that, the role that he played yesterday. You could see that quite comfortably in, in a large amount of those games. Obviously, as you said... Bigger intensity, um, more pressing from from other centre mids in Scotland, etc. Maybe a little bit of a, a culture shock for him, um, but certainly as a start to come into what a great debut for someone to come into when when you're four 0 up, just go out and play your game for 45 minutes and let everyone see what you're about. I thought his Ranger passing was was brilliant. I liked the way that he pressed in terms of keeping the keeping the defence locked in. Um, again, you need to caveat that we're five six up at this point, so it's pretty easy to do that, but I liked that there was a lot to like about him, very, very comfortable on the ball, um, and as soon as he came on, was it the first minute or two, he pinged one over the top, uh, and he had another couple of lovely passes down, down the channels as well, so yeah, I was I was impressed, I thought he looked completely at ease, um, and didn't look like anything would, would freeze him in the game.
1: It sounds positive, but there is a, a dark cloud hanging over Ibrox, because it appears I'm sorry to have to report this to everyone, but it, it appears that we have, in fact, been rumbled. Um, we're sitting here talking about you know how well the team are playing, and to us it looks like things like coaching and you know, signing good players and whatnot. But I don't think it, it, it. Look, sometimes you just have to hold your hand up when you get caught, don't you? And I think in this case, um, a petition has been launched by Celtic supporters on change.org dot org, and as we all know, these petitions they always work. Have you noticed that? They are in no way a complete and utter waste of time that people do this constantly. Um, Let's face it, there's been, what, 4.8 million petitions launched in the last year alone, and all of them have succeeded. So once somebody launches a petition, you're screwed. But thank you to Jim McPhail, who has put up a post that says, drug test the Rangers FC 2012 playing squad. Now are scored from twenty twelve. Have to do anything? I don't know. But he said it's become apparent that Rangers Football Club, established in twenty twelve from the remains of the now defunct Rangers Football Club eighteen seventy two, is using state of the art performance enhancing drugs on its playing squad. Its predecessor had a well documented history of financial doping, and it seems the latest incarnation has maintained a proclivity for bending the rules and breaching sporting integrity. Tests, um. I don't know about you. I mean, any drug I've taken wouldn't make me play any better. Um, might make me talk shite or go to sleep, but we're being
2: rumbled. I think there there are two things here. One is fair play to Mr. McFeld for bringing it up. It's only right that due process is followed and that a full and frank investigation is um, taken of brain football club. And that if we are found to have been doping our players, that we are... Uh, prosecuted to the full extent of the law, I think is you know is, is right to be demanding this. You know we, we we don't want to be handed the league. You know we, we we don't want it to be voted for and handed to us because we've paid off the right people. No, we want to win it fair and square on the pitch. So I'm fully in support of this measure. Secondly, do you know what it refers to? Needlemen? Do you think they dress like plague doctors with those big beak yeah. masks and? Oh, it's brilliant! It says the rumours have been constant
1: around the recent success of Liverpool FC. I'm so confident I hadn't heard them, but there you go. Um, with players largely viewed as average on paper, Liverpool, folks... Um, average on paper, seemingly overachieving with high-intensity running tactics designed to outwork natural opposition. The similarities with the Rangers are striking. Several journeyman players in their mid-to-late 30s are now being seen to overrun some of the best teams in Europe midweek and then return at the weekend with no fatigue or injury to do it again. Logically, it makes no sense until you factor in drugs, likely the latest synthetic test-defeating productions coming out of Mexico produced by cartel chemists. The power of the dog, said it. Said it before, Adam. I think the thing about this is, I don't know if that's a wind up that I think says absolutely everything about the Celtic support in this country. That yeah, anywhere else, I'd be. That's <laughs> quite funny. Like <laughs> somebody's taken piss That's good. With this, I've read it ten, twelve times, and I'm still not sure. We're only three points clear, technically, and this is <laughs> happening already. Nine, Nine. in theory. Um, yeah, no I know I assuming agree.
0: assuming the worst three points clear uh, when the games are played and, and this is what is happening and, and you see the not even just this which is obviously batshit mental in the first instance but you see the reaction of, of Celtic themselves and uh, to their dip uh, in the last four or five games uh, in terms of the results and, and their calling for Lennon's head right away it's a snap decision we've not played well all season this and that it's so long to go. I mean, chicken and egg for us. We probably hope that he stays on a little bit in terms of what what could be. But if they're at this stage of of hyperventilating now, when we're only just into November, um, then God knows what it's going to be as we get into December and, and January, and we hopefully pull away, um, and further and further into the distance. It is it is insane, oh, but you don't expect it.
1: What it does say is Jim needs your help. Uh, Jim needs a lot of people's help. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. not not just specific to that. But yeah, look, on the one hand, I'm tempted to go, right, which one of you listeners did this? But the other bit, I mean, can't rule out that it's genuine. But yeah, I, I, look, you know, doping does happen in football, but it's funny that doping wasn't happening in Scottish football up until Rangers were quite good. Um, that test, all joking aside here, I brought that up, you know, give us all a wee bit of a laugh. But there is, I, I think, uh, a reluctance, among Celtic supporters, to just admit that Rangers are quite good. Now, I don't quite understand that because I've never, I never have. Because if you always maintain that your opponents are all rubbish, I think that that takes away from your success a little bit. That how can you take much joy in winning if everybody else is is awful? That surely you, if it was me, I'd be bumming up. You know. If it, to you, it might appear that I, I I stole sweets from an eight-year-old boy, but I'm going to tell you that he was six foot four and you know really wanted to keep his sweets. They don't do that. And they are having trouble, I think, processing that, oh, we have a challenge, as opposed to just saying, hang on a minute, right, they're quite good, but you know, look, we've got good players, we've won X amount of trophies, we'll still have enough about us. They've just gone straight into that kind of weird mentality that they have of holding... What appear to be simultaneously opposite thoughts at the same time.
2: I think it's a bit like uh, how it used to be in pro wrestling, whereby you'd never talk down your opponent because then if you beat him, it it was like a hollow victory. So you you'd always say that how good your opponent is, but that you're better or how you're gonna find a way to win. Um so you're right, you know, that them them constantly talking us down. How bad, how bad must they be if we can make that? If we can play them off the park and they don't have a single shot on target, Do you know what I mean? So that that that, that in itself is bizarre. But also, um, I think what what one thing I've found with when I've spoken to on the rare occasions I've spoken to Celtic fans about the football. Uh, it's mainly been concerning our European form I mean obviously under Gerard, I think we've been magnificent in Europe and we are starting to get back to where a club of the standard of Rangers should be viewed on the European stage uh, and they, they, they find it very difficult to acknowledge the fact that we have found a tactical system that works well in Europe we have got the personnel to do it we have been overperforming. Um certainly last season we did and now to man and say, Well, yeah, but well, you were lucky because, you know, the opposition were bad or half poor were they and they, they just cannot bring themselves to that we are a very good team, you know. And and I I just don't understand that I, I can look at Celtic, for example, and pick out certain players of theirs who are not happily, but who I would take into our squad because they are on, at least on a par of what we've got currently. There's not many of them, don't get me wrong, maybe two, three, but I can say, yeah, I, they they are very good players. When they've played well, on the rare occasions that I watch them, which, believe me, is very rare, I can say, yes, they've played well, we need to keep an eye on them. It hurts me to do so, but I will do it because I, I don't live in a world of fantasy. You know, I, I, you've got to acknowledge reality. And I think that the more they deny that we're a good team, and the more they convince themselves it's a fluke or it's a conspiracy or it's this and it 's that, two things are going to happen: one that rubs off on the players and the management to salt it because you know that they, they live in this echo chamber too uh and they start to look down on us, uh, which obviously last month was proved to be a very big mistake as we w- walked into their place didn't get set the pipe and slip us off all game, and walked over three points and secondly, when we do um when we do get 55 in May, it's just going to be all the better because they're going to be sat there wondering how they've lost the title to an inferior team and that's going to make it all the sweeter.
1: Yeah, there is a precedent for us, Adam, I think, which is in the mid-90s, I really enjoyed them being rubbish and then when they were quite good, I was reluctant to accept it, but it ended up in us not getting 10 in a row, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the thing, isn't it? When when you, you go through these... Um and we're possibly seeing it uh, in Italy as well with, with Juventus, you, you, you getting that consistency and, and keeping the titles churning is, is a really, really difficult thing to do. And all of a sudden when it when it drops, it, it can drop like a stone. Um and there might not be any one reason for it. It could just be that fatigue of the accumulation of titles. Um The the admittance is never going to happen um at all. Um the the one that I, I, I tend to enjoy is, oh, haha, use rubbish, etc., etc., but we then beat them, and you say, well, you just let a team that's eight years old, technically, in your mind, beat you yeah uh, off the pitch time and time again. They're performing better than you in Europe, and it, technically, these results are worse than the Inverness Cali result or the Clyde result or whatever else you have, <laughs> um, and it kind of clams them up a little bit quite quickly, because it can't be both. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, there's always got to be a regression, I think, for a, for a champion. I think you're kidding yourself on kidding yourself on if you don't think there are. You mentioned Liverpool earlier on last year, David. They would still have won the title last year, but you can't argue that Man City regressing back from their first two seasons or the two seasons before that massively helped that, um, both in terms of number of points and in terms of the challenge that they're able to offer. So that needs to happen. You need both. You need the the team to be able to be playing levels above what it's had, which we have just now, but you also need that, that team to, to regress, the champions to, to regress back down a little bit. Not so much so that they become horrendous and you could you would have won the title anyway, but you need that, that gap um, to reduce. We're seeing that now, I think, um, and they don't like it, um, and the panic around it would suggest to me that, that they know it, and they've known it for, for quite some time, um, and you can infer, and I've had it inferred to me over the last week by Celtic supporting friends is that last season um, we imploded before they did. I think for for want of a another word, they came back after January and they had the bit between their teeth. Um, how long that would have lasted, we're, we're not sure until we then imploded and, and not necessarily handed them the title, but certainly reduced the, the challenge of it. Um, so it'll certainly be interesting to see. Um it sounds like they, they are going to implode first. We'll have to wait and see how how that goes this season, but um they certainly aren't having a, a good time of it, and I think you can see that with the fans who who, let's be honest, are always one grievance away from, from this type of thing anyway.
1: Now, regular listeners will know that heart and hand is at the forefront of the fight against Hirstute Homoz, um with our partnership with Manscaped. Uh, mirror, mirror on the wall what is the best band for my balls they're very attached to that for some reason they always insist that we put that in um, but for those of us of an older vintage who quite frankly um, I, will, I will no more hand over my collection of rangers tops than I will my pubic bush because quite frankly we've been to a lot together um, some of which we don't look back on with a lot of pride but it was there, I was there yeah, sorry, I got lost for a moment there. But, but they have brought out something that is very useful to gentlemen of my age. And I know you two might be thinking it'll never happen to me, but your nose hair and your ear hair is going to become a problem for you, lads. It's going to grow, it's going to keep growing, and a bit like the Terminator, it cannot be stopped. Wow. I'm sorry, Adam, but that this, this awaits you, Tess. You're still a very hairy man on top of the of your head, <laughs> un- unlike me. But it's going to happen to you as well, mate. That that all of a sudden you inside your ears, it's going to look a little bit like a toothbrush moustache going to look like Charlie Chaplin and other less mentionable well... figures who had a similar style of of tash. Um, and you don't want that, do you? I mean, what if you've got a date with a hot lady? And she's kind of running her hand through your lovely, luscious hair. And then she gets into your ears
2: and goes, what's that? Well, don't want I'm that? 38 a month today. So it's if, if the onset of ear hair is going to come, it's going to come very soon. Uh, I don't suffer with ear hair, but no, no, nose hair is something that I do have to keep an eye on. So do tell me more. Well, Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate
1: men's hygiene bundle. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, which is waterproof. For some reason, and uses a 9,000 RPM motor power 360 degree rotary dual blade system, which all sounds very nice, you have to admit. Um, it also provides proprietary skin safe trademark technology which helps prevent neck snags and tugs in those delicate holes. And I know that I don't like tugging at my delicate holes at the best of time. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turn off. So why not use the best tools for the job here? The bundle includes a lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. They're shaving their bodies now as well. Oh, when, they'll do anything. When I won't take they? off a jumper. Yeah, when I take off a jumper, you can't tell I've taken off a jumper. Um, but let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, and crop revival ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine as well. Get all of this stuff. All of it, along with free boxers. Who doesn't want boxers? And the Shed travel bag, which I hope is just a travel bag. It sounds like it is, but you never know. I mean, I, this is all looking a new area for me. But you can get 20% off and free shipping if you use the code RANGERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code RANGERS. So what are you waiting for? Go out your weeds and make sure your balls look great during the process um and 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 with that let's uh let's head off back into the realms of football adam we do have this international break coming up that means two weeks uh with our players away and unfortunately normally you kind of hope that they don't come back with injuries it's actually a little bit more worrying at this point there's nothing we can do about it so i suppose this is a kind of uh, i a moan for no reason, but it's it's not ideal knowing that players out with the bubble, which Rangers have been excellent at maintaining so far, apart from the, the 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 two idiots last week. That it we we might just have to deal with this if it comes back. There's nothing we can do.
0: Sorry, I was still
1: weed whacking there for a second, but I've moved on now. Um, yeah, I think getting everybody
0: back is going to be key. I think I seen today. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I seen today that Hellander isn't isn't actually going to travel. Um, because of the the new rules around—is it Denmark? I think it is in terms yeah. of where where they're playing.
1: And it's playing. a friendly, you know that that's what really, uh,
0: yeah. So what's m- the point? More of those would be ideal, to be honest. If we have been selfish, if there's any a- anything around that COVID restrictions in, in other countries, etc., that means that we don't have um all these players jetting off. Um, I think at this period of time it would be crucial because this should be the first round, last round of internationals until what. I don't know what the calendar looks like for next year. March, well, changes, but February, March it February would be, March, yeah. yeah. So that gets us through the, the the business part of the season in terms of the middle. So if we can get through this unscathed, um, then all we have to worry about is ourselves, which, as we've seen last week, is still a little bit of a worry. Um, but you would hope that that we've learned our lessons from from that now. Um, and yeah, as as far as I'm concerned, I would um, I would wish them all uh, a safe return. Test
1: it is irritating, but. If it happens, then it's just a case of rolling up the sleeves and getting on with it.
2: Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, we are governed by what's going on in the world at the moment, which we we cannot change. So we've we've just got to deal with it as best we can. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, obviously, when it to got a couple of players out, as funny as it was, uh, obviously, you know, we 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 sent our best wishes to the to the players involved. No, nobody wants to see anybody falling down with that kind of thing at this time but it was funny that it happened to Celtic I think we were all deep down you know thanking whichever god it is that we pray to that it didn't happen to us um, there's, there's every chance that after this latest round of Portness internationals uh, certainly in terms of the friendlies you know there, there's every chance that it is going to happen to us and if it does we've just got to deal with it mate but one thing that I'm very very confident of now is the squad we've we've got two players for every position on that pitch at least as well as a few guys who can fit in here there and everywhere so if it comes we just got to deal with it mate i'm more than confident in the in the players we've got in reserve to step up um and, and play if need be so just keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't happen to us but if it does mate just, just crack on with it regardless absolutely
1: right folks thank you so much for joining us today Um, you can hear more from us over the international break and at all other times if you go to our Patreon site, it's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand uh, where from just ninety nine per month just 50 pence per week, you will be able to get up to five shows every single day everything on Rangers, everything on football all around the world and some other stuff to keep you amused as well, so go and check that out. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. We will be back next Monday with our monthly show with Stevie from Four Lads, C DJ Novo, the YouTuber, and also uh, the lads from This Is Ibrox will be contributing when we all get together and have a review over the last month since the last international break. So that'll be with you this time next Monday. My thanks then to Tess. Thank you very much for having me, mate. To Adam. Cheers, David. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good time. Take care. Bye-bye.